welcome back to another wonderful ESL podcast. And today we're doing some listening. We're going to be talking about invasive species. You know, I remember, I don't know if it was an article uh, in the Sydney Morning Herald. I can't remember. But the the rise of invasive species, it's, it's man, it's getting a little bit crazy. So a lot of you would be like, okay, what's an invasive species? Well, let's just say um, cockroaches, right? Rodents feral cats out there in Australia, you know, they ended up like executing about 1 million of them because they were actually, <laughs> they were killing a lot of endangered species. So, you know, they said, okay, well, we want you to go out there. We want you to kill all these feral cats. You know, now again, an invasive species is something that you're going to listen to in this long audio. We'll be able to discuss after exactly what it is in general. But for those of you who want to prepare for your IELTS, uh, uh, let's say listening, there is a task on the ArsenioBuckShow.com that you will be able to go on and you'll be able to fill in the lecture and complete the outline of the talk. Now, there will be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven questions within this little snippet in the bullet points. And the first bullet point, it says, how do invasive species blank? Question mark. The next space, well, not the next space, but the next line, it will say intentional hyphen hyphen examples, sem, uh, colon, swamp rat, comma, and you're going to listen for one of the invasive species that's possibly in the diagram above, which would be either a bug, crab, fungus, rat, or seed. After that, in line three, it goes straight into a space followed by beetles, comma, rats, comma, plant seeds, comma, number four, another space. Then the next bullet point would be, how do they become space, question mark? That's your number five. Your number six is the next bullet point, and it says, how can we space the problem? So by predicting notes, I'm guessing that they would say, how can we solve the problem, maybe? And in the next line, it says, example from space, which is the last number, number seven, using apps. So with that being said, guys, this is what we're going to be getting into. And again, there are some other questions on there in terms of think of a predator, uh, predator in your region or from your region of the world. What is its natural habitat? What is the predator's population density and distribution? There's a lot of things that you can actually go into uh, and figuring out, you know, what, what's actually happening in your environment. Because out here in Thailand, man, there is a ridiculous amount of cockroaches. Like there is no way to solve it. But you know, what's really shocking is the fact that they would make excuses and say, oh, no, there are cockroaches everywhere. And I'm like, uh, well, not in Singapore. Singapore is one of the cleanest, most amazing countries on the planet. I didn't see one cockroach while I was there in four damn days. And you know what? I was even in a forest, okay? Normally, if you go to the parks out here in Thailand, you would see crushed, I don't want to get, you know, very detailed, but crushed, you know what, just about everywhere, especially walking down the downtown area, uh, just underneath the BTS SkyTrain. And when it rains, all of these critters run up from the manholes and they run all along the walls. It's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. So that's why I love staying on the SkyTrain and staying away from all of that. And you know what? These rats, 
just so happen to make their way into the markets. They feast on some of the meat and the people who are selling the meat, they do nothing about it. And guess what? I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, this is how viruses start, as you can see out there in China. So with that being said, guys, this is a huge breakdown of what is happening around us, invasive species. And so now I'm going to continue on with the lecture, which you're going to hear right now. Once after, of course, I turn on my this invasive species. Species is, as you should know, my topic today. Okay, so my lecture will follow the plan on the board. You may choose to make notes based on this plan. But before I start on that, let's just define what an invasive species is. It's a species of animal, plant, or fungus that didn't originate in a particular place. It came from somewhere else. Sorry, I'm not sure if I heard correctly. Did you say fungus, animals, plants, and fungus? Oh, that's right. Anyway, coming from somewhere else, not evolving on location, can give a species a huge advantage. It means that it's not part of the hierarchical food chain. In other words, it may have no predators. Another term used for these are non-native species. This is less judgmental and reminds us that some so-called invaders are in fact beneficial, but most are not. So I will stick to invasive, if you don't mind. So, starting with how invasive species actually get to a habitat. As with, let's face it, so many environmental problems, human activity is at the root of most cases. Only after humans started moving around the planet did this problem begin. When humans travel, they cause the distribution of species which travel with them, either and I'm going to make an important distinction here, either intentionally or accidentally. Intentionally, humans may take favored species to new locations, plants for food, animals to breed or as pets. One example of intentional relocation is the nutria, which is usually called a swamp rat because that's what it looks like. Uh, nutria sounds too healthy. <laughs> anyway. It was imported to America, Louisiana, to breed for fur. It was a deliberate economic choice, in other words. Then the industry died, and no sooner had they been released than they started to multiply faster than the speed of light. Now they are a serious problem, but there is unfortunately no way of eradicating them. Female nutria have up to 14 babies at very regular intervals. Another example, where economics played a part in introducing an invasive species was the Chinese mitten crab. This crab has a high value, so it seems it was deliberately and widely distributed with negative consequences for all of the ecosystem. Sorry, uh, did you say middle crab? No, mitten, M-I-T-T-E-N, okay? But, uh, <laughs> where was I? Oh, yes. So the uh, hey. let's say the invasion of the mitten crab was another brilliant economic choice. But in contrast to deliberate action, some species spread accidentally. Ships, trains and other forms of transportation may be home to beetles, rats and plant seeds that are regularly dropped off at a particular destination. This regularity is important because they may have a hard fight to establish themselves at first, 
but a one-off event is sometimes enough. The best example of this is the brown stink bug. Sorry, I'm not sure if I heard correctly. Did you say stink bug? Yes, that's right. The brown marmorated stink bug, to be exact. The stink bug arrived in the U.S. after crawling onto a cargo ship that stopped in China. Now the stink bug is living happily all over the country. The stink bug is now your neighbor, my neighbor, everyone's neighbor. Okay, so now moving on to how species can become a problem and what makes them dangerous. The problem, as I mentioned earlier, is that they often have no predators, putting them at the top of the food chain almost overnight. What it means is that they can quickly upset the balance of an ecosystem, causing the extinction of species below them in the food chain. Had they originated there, this situation would not occur. Normal evolution or the gradual migration of species doesn't allow this because there's always a balance preventing one species from being too dominant. So invasive species can eliminate or accelerate the elimination of species below them, or as another example, displace other plants. Generally, they can cause massive disruption to the delicate balance of nature. Remember, a rich habitat is full of diversity, with the density of particular components constantly being modified to maintain this. It's not some arbitrary process. It's how ecology has worked for millions of years. It's a mature process. But man has come along and upset it in our usual undisciplined, selfish ways. Sorry, I feel quite strongly about this. The disruption we cause could so often be easily avoided. We interfere with nature and it bites us back as often as not. Uh -huh. So that's the outline of the problem. Now we'll look at how to actually tackle the problem. I'll look at one particular example. You see, one of the main problems of eliminating or dealing with invasive species can be, ironically, finding them and gathering data about their location. One solution that has emerged recently is being trialed in a project on Prince Edward Island, Canada. This is a very exciting development, in my opinion, although this university, in its infinite wisdom, declined to finance a joint research project with them. Still, they know best. The idea is simple. The Prince Edward Island Invasive Species Council, together with other environmental groups, has developed an app that allows the public to collect data about invasive species on the island. People can photograph and record location information about anything that they suspect is invasive, and the data is collected and can be used to target specific species in specific areas, hopefully before the ecosystem begins to deteriorate. So this is a powerful new defense, and this type of technology-based solution is on the increase. Yes, do you have another question? Oh, yes. Uh, did you say that this was in Ireland? So it's a European invention. No, no, on Prince Edward Island off the coast of Canada. <laughs> Prince Edward I, what is it, Prince Edward Ireland or Prince Edward whatever? Anyways, guys, that is... The end of this, oh my God, while he was saying that, I realized so many things. Like, here in Thailand, there are cockroaches on the bus. There are cockroaches in restaurants, and people just shrug their shoulders like it's nothing. Um, they could just be walking on the table. I mean, it's just unbelievably disgusting. But I do believe that 
people are the main reason. He, this is exactly what he said, man. He said, man is the biggest problem. I would have to say people are the biggest problem. That's all there is to it. Now, before I continue with that, I'm gonna hurry up and say, he said, how can we, he didn't say solve, he said another verb instead. And it's something that we do in American football. We have to mm, the other player so we can bring them down. And then I'll stop there. So going back into my little bit of a rant, and I really do hope that this records. If you guys are listening to this, you guys are very lucky because I got a pop-up on the screen and it said, oh, well, this conversation might not be recorded. I say, you're going to record my damn conversation. But nonetheless, guys, it's everywhere. Man has created it. You know, some people say, oh, there's all, there are always floods here in Bangkok. And is it because uh, of a lack of drainage systems? No, it's because there's so much trash in the drainage system, in the manholes, underneath the sewers, everything, they're filled. See, if you go just on the other side of my condominium, luckily I do not have to smell that uh, ammonia that's right behind on the other side. I can smell fresh air from the front side of my condo. Um, but on the backside, you could see a green river, a green river, I'm sorry, a green canal, I put it that way, a green canal. The water should be blue, but it's green. And this green canal is covered with trash, probably dead animals, dead everything. And people live right over it. And they inhale that garbage every day. And this is how, like I said in the previous podcast, a lot of people get cancer. Uh, because you can't, it's not normal to just live over something like that and smell that every single day, 24 hours a day. It's, it's very, very harmful for your lungs. And so nonetheless, there are other infamous canals uh, throughout Bangkok, one called Klong Sad Sap, Sad Sap, something like that. This canal, people have died in. Dogs have died in. There are mutilated dogs in there. Uh, there are mutilated cats in there. You name it. Trash everything. Who has created it? Man. That's all there is to it. If Thai people would actually have some decency, no offense to my Thai people that listen to this, but to clean up after themselves and to stop throwing trash in drains, maybe there will be insufficient invasive species, and maybe there wouldn't be so many floods when the rainy season comes. You cannot blame and continue to blame and point fingers at other people who have constructed these drainage systems. It's the fact that there, are, there is just too much trash within them. Throughout the year, of course, these uh, places that clean out these drainage systems, they did not clean them out. You do not see them cleaning them out. They're only going to clean them out when the problem comes. So I'm going to have to say that, Thai people, knock, knock, knock. It is you who can actually make a difference by stop throwing trash in the streets and especially the markets. I think the markets are disgusting because they throw their trash everywhere. If you go out there 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., you will see a fair amount of 6 to 12-inch invasive species eating away at some of these trash bags to get some of the trash that these people have left on the street. That is all there is to it. <laughs> With that being said, people, thank you for listening to my rant. I am your host, Arsenio, as usual, man. You guys get ready again, do the exercise. I really do hope that this has recorded. If it hasn't, I'm going to be so sad. But if you're listening to this, you are so fortunate. <laughs> I'm your host, as always. Stay tuned for more. So many other things that we need to tackle. <gasps> I said the answer over and out.